ground control to Major Tom. Well, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hard to believe it's been exactly 50 years ago, Apollo 11, and we walked on the moon. A big salute to the three brave astronauts who made history, and a big salute to our brave young one, Jared Fattel, who is battling through faster horses. More on that in a second here, but it's also time for episode 79 of Three Point Podcast. Three brave sports guys, three different generations with the hottest takes on sports and pop culture. I'm the baby boomer, Ted Fatella of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5, and the only one of us three that actually remembers that 1969 milestone. Our middleman is Matt Burns of ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina, and our Gen Z viewpoints, of course, will be coming from Jared Fatella of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. He has the boots on the ground at Faster Horses Festival at MIS. Our mission control partners include Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Taphouse and Grill, the Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, and Promec Engineering Services. Thanks also to our website, network teammate, Sports Radio Detroit. And we're going to be catching up with Jared somewhere in the grounds there at Faster Horses. We'll look at some sports news and have another edition of Tedertainment Tonight. All that and more coming up right after these messages. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. All right, guys, we got to start with Jared. He is on site at Faster Horses. I think he might have just taken a fireball shot. Jared, lay it on the line. What's going on down there? Okay, so first off, can you hear me okay? Yep, you're coming through loud and clear. Okay, so let me set the scene. So currently we're sitting in the infield at our campsite. People have been waiting. People have been begging for us to get to the infield, get to the party, get to the fireball tent. They've been waiting for this podcast because this podcast is the number one podcast this is the only podcast where you get the boots on the ground, fast horses inside. Look, you want to know when the boots are on the ground? Listen to this. I'm going to pot up a beer right now. Tell me if you can hear it. Can you hear it? Chugging it. Three, two, one, going on the gullet. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what happened. So here's the story of fast horses right now. Okay. So I got Cooper clapped to my right. Yep. Josh Richardson to my left. Jeremy Flatter to my left. Ethan Quinn straight ahead. Max Nation is ahead. Spencer Moore to ahead and Cy Barnett to the right and Zach Spinning and Tyler Santoro. So we're sitting here. So it's been hotter than a mother bleeper. It'll get bleeped off if I say that word, so I can't say Right, that. right. It's hotter than heck here. <laughs> I may or may not have like eight or nine beers in the stomach right now. Um, <laughs> Ted, the guy you were looking forward to, Keith Urban? Yes. I'm not going to lie. Middle of the concert last night. Headache from hell. Oh, headache no. from hell. Toby Keith's last night. He kind of sucked, too, but we'll get to that. 
Keith Urban, middle of the concert, headache from hell. I'm sobering up. Keith Urban's sitting there. He's doing it. He, hey, you'll enjoy this. He's doing like the Bohemian Rhapsody. Yodelay, yodelay. He's <laughs> the crowd. They sing it back. He did. So we did that. I'm like, ooh, na, na. <laughs> ooh, na, na, na. Crowd sings it back. I left middle of the concert, come back. Three of my buddies slouched. <laughs> we rallied. We're ready to go. Infield. We hit the infield, and we were ready to go that night. It's been a great couple days. It's sad that it's Sunday already, but the party is far from over. What's been going on in the hometown of Akron? Well, you know, we're more interested in everything going there, and I'm sure Matt will have some questions. Can we fire some questions at you? <laughs> Send them through. All right, go ahead, Matt. You want to start? Well, the biggest one that I want to know, and I, I, we'll probably get to the weather part and see how your guys' tents held up, but last week we kind of gave you a lot of grief for your guys' food choices. How has – what's the food situation like? Did you did you plan well? Okay, so food situation. Kind of dumb on my part. Linked my wristband to my credit card. I've been spending money like it's nothing. <laughs> last night I bought a grilled cheese. Matt, imagine a grilled cheese that you would make in your house, like a craft single and like a couple pieces of white bread. Ten dollars. Oh, $10. Oh, oh my. Well, quick break. Quick, quick break. Fireball. Pass fireball. <laughs> fireball shot going down in three, two, and one. This is Three Point Podcast, and we have boots on the ground at Faster Horses. Probably so, the probably the best festival in the in the country, I would guess, for country music. Yeah, it was just voted ACM. They had a, they had a, they had announced it. The crowd loved it. They announced that they won the ACM last year for festival of the year. Crowd loved it. But let me give you the run on the concert. I know Ted, that's what you love the most. The concert's yeah. the most. Yes. So last night, Old Dominion comes out on the stage, and you know I'm an Old Dominion guy. They rocked the house. <laughs> but let me tell you this story. Okay. So we are sitting in line waiting to get into the concert. We walk in. Brett Young's playing. All of a sudden. Tornado winds from hell. 50 miles an hour winds. We have to evacuate the arena. We evacuate. We come back in. Front row. Front row. <laughs> Old Dominion, he's, he's throwing guitar picks. Going right over my head. Guitar pick over my head. Uh, Old Dominion is rocking the crowd. Toby Keith comes on. We wait an hour and a half for Toby Keith to play. And as sad as it is, the group consensus, am I right? And they can hear on speakerphone. I'm getting fart noises. Although he's sweet, he was playing songs that no one knows. Oh, no. It's like, you got to know how to rock the crowd, and he did not know that. So sad that it was. Oh, man. What's the consensus on on uh, on Keith Urban? I know you had a headache from hell and maybe didn't enjoy it. Uh, what about your buddies there? Did they like Keith? Keith Urban, so far, this, this is how the ratings would probably go, I think, for people that liked it. Okay, so it goes, in my opinion, Old Dominion 1, okay. Randy Houser 2, Keith Urban 3. Okay. So it, he like he did a solid job, but it, for being the headliner, he gave a guitar to a girl. Oh, that's did he bang sweet. her that night? Probably. But he <laughs> handed the guitar to a girl, so that was cool. So the big cappers tonight, Zach Brown Band. How's the weather right now? It's hot up here. How is it down there? The weather right now, we got clouds in the sky. Okay. That's a I am not thing. joking. When I woke up this morning, sat in a chair, have not moved from a chair. <laughs> uh, but once so, we start moving around, it's going to be sweating. It's going to be hot. So I got to ask you, you talked about the tornado winds, and I, Ted was talking about the storms a little bit off air. How did you guys' tents hold up? Are all your clothes soaked? Everything ruined? Or how'd your tents go? Matt, when I say I had the worst night's sleep of my life, <laughs> my life last night, I'm not joking. Okay. We go... We go to we go to the concert. We come back. Our tent looks like Hurricane Irma went through it. There's no roof. There's really no roof on it. And it was downpouring here. So listen to this. So I'm sleeping. I have a blanket underneath me. Ethan Quinn decides he's going to rip the blanket out from underneath me. And so I'm sleeping in a drenched bed. 
Uh-oh, and there is a pen getting passed around. Not going to rip that. <laughs> uh, if you know what I mean. Ted, you know all about that. Yeah, yeah, cabbage, yeah, the cabbage. Maybe. Uh-huh, I get it. <laughs> the devil's cabbage. <laughs> devil's lettuce. Devil's lettuce. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we have a live recording here. There's like 20 people listening to this. That's all right. That's all right. They can keep me honest, too. It sounds like you guys are having a blast. You know, one thing, looking forward down the road, Jared, um, this sounds like this is going to be a yearly affair, uh, an annual get-together with your high school bros. And can you see this expanding, like Matt mentioned last week, maybe getting an RV somewhere down the line, you know, when you guys are making some real coin? I mean, is this something you plan on keeping together every year? Ted, having an RV is something you would do, something a pansy would do. We tend it. I like comfort. We, we sleep in rainwater. We sleep when it's hot. That's what we do here. Right. We don't get our we don't sleep in Brookfest. We sleep in Tent City. That's where we live. All right. And how are uh, how, how has the challenge been for a couple of your buddies? Any any action there? Is or no good? So um, a couple of my buddies. I'm not gonna name names. They're in a challenge for whoever gets laid the most times wins. Um, so far, zero zero. We're in a barn burner heading into the last night. Zero zero. It's a barn burner. I got a feeling it's gonna remain zero zero, and the money carries over. Hey, Slumbuster, remember that tweet, Ted? Slumbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. may or may not be that guy. <laughs> so give us some other uh, tidbits from the festival there, Jer. Okay, so last night I was at uh, Toby Keith. Like I said, he played for two hours, which, like, I know that sounds awesome, like, on paper, but it was way too long. He's playing songs that no one's ever heard of. We have some people that want to. How about this? Can I pass it around and have somebody give a couple tidbits of the crowd here? Sure, have them, say, have, have, them say, have them say their first name and go ahead. Give us your first name. Uh, Schoolboy. Schoolboy Q. Okay. <laughs> Ouch, Uncle Ted. Okay, you know, Jared kind of made it seem like a bad time with a tent blowing over and whatnot. Phenomenal time. Kind of epic. It's, it, you'll always remember it, right? Bingo, bango, bango. <laughs> <laughs> That's schoolboy Q. All right, who's next? Oh, yes. What are you doing, Uncle <laughs> <laughs> Is that Cooper? No, like, not Cooper. This is Josh Richardson. Oh, my like, God. Your voice is worse than Jared's. <laughs> Uncle Ted, this is a fantastic time. Everyone should be involved in this. Um, you got to love it. You got to love it. Zach Brown Band tonight. Don't know if I'm making it out alive. <laughs> Well, I think I think you will, and, and I know that's your favorite, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. All right, favorite well, by a long shot. You guys do realize it's only two o'clock in the afternoon, right? So okay, so yeah, the crowd's getting antsy here. Uh, three or three or four questions, rapid fire. Okay. Uh, have you gotten shoved off of a, a dancing stage by any dudes this year? Okay, so listen to this bullshit, Matt. So <laughs> my feet, I'm wearing I'm wearing like work boots. You know, working man. That's all I do. Or work boots. I grind all day. I'm so we so we, so when after the after the concert was delayed, me and Mo sprint through the front row. We're sitting on the front row. I was there for seven hours. My feet were, my feet, my dogs were barking. My feet were killing me. I took off my boots, and so at this point, like literally, I'm not joking you. It felt like someone stabbed and sliced my feet. So I had to leave middle of Toby Keith right before he played American Soldier, which was my favorite song. He so we leave. This guy is sitting there with his arms crossed. I'm trying to walk out. Like, give me the stare down. 
I'm like, dude, can I get around you? Or are you just going to stare and stare me down? That's what I don't get. It's not like I was trying to cut in front of him to get farther. I'm trying to get out of the concert. If anything, you should be happy. You get to move up a spot. Right. He's staring me down. So I, I stare at him. And, and you know, I'm, I, it's a one guy going against, like, five guys. So that's what they're doing. Like, they're staring me down. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freaking sitting lamb in the middle of that crowd. I'm, I'm a small guy. Like, what am I going to do? Kick someone's ass? I'm not really. I'm not a fighter. So this guy stares me down. And I didn't have Cooper with me. didn't have Max with me. So it's like, I, or Ethan, or Jay Rich with the muscles. So it's like they, they saw this guy and said, I'm going to pick on this guy. He's just walking out. So he stares me down with his arms crossed. He says, hey, can I get around you? He stares me again. Uh, nothing. This girl, his girlfriend, staring me down like I'm a, the devil. I'm like, can I get around you? So he barely turns, lets me through. <laughs> And you would have thought that I was, like, the devil walking through this crowd. I'm trying to get out. They're acting like it's, like, the worst thing ever. Why are you leaving with five songs left? Why are you leaving? I mean, why does it matter to you? Just let me out. Yeah. That's that's pretty bizarre, for sure, especially at a festival setting like that. Here's a question for you. I, I meant to talk about it more last week, but I was so stunned when you talked about actually taking a nap or sleeping in a porta john the more i thought about that that is the grossest thing i think i've ever heard in my life was there any porta john snooze in this uh, this weekend so far so right before i left the key there from concert uh hold on one quick quick uh tie it jaren can you grab me the, uh, the uh, fireball uh quick quick little uh one second <laughs> matt's this bring black bring back a flash from the past <laughs> I actually wish I was there right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> so down the hat. So I was literally sleeping in the middle of the infield. Okay, so listen to this guy. The kid's maybe 12 years old. I'm walking through the crowd with a beer in my hand. As you guys know, I'm 21. Wink, wink. I'm walking through the crowd with a beer. Hey, where's your ID? Why would I bring my ID to a concert? I don't have my ID. He stares me down and why where's your ID? I don't have it. He grabs my wristband, scribbles on it with a Sharpie. Oh. All right, what's your last try? You almost strike. You're out of here. All right. Well, so I don't have my ID. So I walk in again. My buddy hands me his ID. We kind of look alike, but not really. Walk right now through flying colors. So now I have a 21 and over wristband. 21, right, guys? Wink. All right. Last last question, Jared, before you got to get off. How has yep. uh, the, the Faster Horses Tinder treated you? <laughs> okay, so Faster Horses Tinder. I've said this before. Tinder is the ultimate tease. You get nothing out. It's, like, it's cool to swipe for a while, but you get nothing out of it. Um, to be honest, girl situation hasn't been great. Um, but we're not done yet. We got one more day. Girl situation hasn't been great. But one more day, we'll figure it out tonight. But uh, gotta love this podcast. Gotta love Bachelor Horses. Ted um, and Matt, I'm both ashamed that you guys didn't make it this year. Well, we'll see what happens down the road. I know that's big words, but uh, we'll see. I'll bring the RV. There you go. All right, Jared. Hey, listen, you and your boys, be careful. Have Be safe. Have a blast the rest of the night, all right? Sounds good. Love you guys. All right. Love you, too. Yeah. See you, Jared. All right. See you. Faster Horses report there from our own correspondent, Matt. What do you think of that, man? I think uh, Jared is having just tons of fun, obviously. All that makes me – it just – I have flashbacks to, like, that's exactly what I would have been doing when I was – if I was in college with my buddies going to a, or, uh, oh. a festival like that. I just – I don't know. Would I want to be, like, like we said before – would I want to do a four or five day festival now, like, you know, being 34 or whatever? It still sounds fun, but 
when I was 20, 21, 22, that, that sounds incredible. Oh, and I 100% agree with you. You've heard my story about camping out all night long to get tickets for Led Zeppelin. It was an overnight party. It was just one night, though, but it was we were young. You know, you could put up with the elements. I mean, you know, they're having fun because it's their bros. They got a lot of adrenaline flowing and obviously a lot of a lot of booze going on down there. Who cares about food, right? A lot of booze. Yeah, you basically just need enough food to like just get you by. You know, right? Like, you don't need all these high class meals or anything. Like Jared said, I mean, you're, you're eating grilled cheese and just pizza or whatever the whole time. But I, the biggest thing is making sure you have enough booze for the weekend is basically what it comes down to. But yeah, I mean, you're with your best friends, especially him. You know, it's his high school buddy. Oh yeah. You know, you're meeting. I don't know how him and his friends are. I know how my friend, how we would have been. We would have been like making friends with everyone camping near us, without a doubt. Um, you know, just trying to like, you know, whatever, socialize. Let's just have a great time. And man, that would have been fun. The weather, yeah, the, the weather. That's a little bit of a downer, you know. But whatever, you can't do anything about that. You just like embrace it and have fun. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's nothing you can do. I mean, it it came in yesterday afternoon. Up, you know, we're a little bit north of the festival, but the winds they were at least 60 miles an hour, and it came out of nowhere, and it was like straight line winds. And I know down there, uh, they had to uh, postpone for a while. The, the Saturday lineup, you know, and I'm not sure what time Toby Keith ended up, uh, you know, actually taking the stage. We'll get more facts from Jared when he uh, when he gets back here and is able to recall everything and not be right in the middle of the festival. I mean, that was, that was great, though. You know, it's our first live report from something like this on our podcast. That was that was definitely a blast from the past. I loved it. Yeah, no, it was fun. You know, I mean, that's the thing, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that sort of festival, it might not be for everyone, but you can just tell they're having a blast. I mean, those are not, like, getting all sentimental or whatever, but those are things that him and his buddies, are, those are, like, they're making memories they're going to talk about for the rest of their lives, you know, because yeah. I just think about me and my college, or my, like, high school and college buddies, we still, whenever we get together, we still talk about the stupid stuff we did in high school and college. So, you know, they're, they're making those memories. So it, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and I did ask him the one question. I hope they can keep it together as long as they can, you know, with their buddies, their crew that they run with right now and, uh, you know, make it an annual affair. And, you know, he might have been laughing about the RV idea, but down the road, it's not that bad of an idea. No, it's a great idea. And it, it's one of those things, like, if you get you know a good whatever eight people or something to pitch in it really it, it wouldn't be all that pricey and you know you know if you have some weather roll in like that it's a little better maybe a little more comfortable for the sleeping you know when right. you get a little older maybe you think about the comfort a little more um but yeah that, that like you said that would be the coolest thing if they can really you know once people graduate college and kind of go off whether they move out of the state do whatever you know with their careers and stuff like that even if it comes down to like that's the one thing they do every summer come back for faster horses absolutely I mean, that, that's something that they'll just it would be awesome for them to do you know we talk a little bit about the rv yeah that's that's when you're getting up there and making some real coin but you know i remember when i was your age or even a little younger i had a pull behind a pop-up camper which is still you're up off the ground you're not sleeping in a tent you know what i mean i mean that's yep. not not that bad a way to go and uh, you're still kind of having the rustic feel of a campground but uh, at least you're up off the ground which i think is really key yeah, and then one of the last ones that I went to, um, one of our friends, we, we had one person with a, a camper like that, and and the rest of us were still in tents. So, like, it was cool at least to have one spot that was a little more secure, I guess, 
in case some weather comes in, you know, that's where we kept our food. Right. You know, right. it was like staying dry and fresh. You know, everyone could keep their clothes in there in case the rain came. So yeah, even if one person had a little camper or something, um, yeah, you don't you don't need these like fancy huge motorhomes. It's just I don't know, just you know maybe being a little older, you know, you think about that stuff a little more. When you're yeah, when you're twenty twenty one like Jared is, you just. All you, all you care about is a tent. You go to Meyer or Walmart and buy a $40 tent, and that's all you care about. Exactly. Well, it'll be good to get the full report from him on our next pod and uh, get all the further details on the Sunday night part of it. And uh, it sounds like the boys are definitely having fun. By the way, most of those uh, are former Corona Cavaliers, too, so they fit right in with our concept here. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, it, it's interesting, too, to hear about the, the music. you got to think if they're – I mean, Faster Horses, we talked about it. It's been around for a few years now, um, and they've definitely had. I, what, Blake Shelton was the headliner oh, last yeah. year, right? And he's right. one of the biggest names in country music. So you got to wonder if, at, you know, what what did you guys say? It was voted the best country festival in, in America? Yeah, by the American Country Association. Yeah, so if, you know, they're getting those accolades, you got to think that, I mean, it, it can only keep growing, you know, like keep getting. We talked about last week if, you know, Luke Combs, that would have been cool if he was the headliner. Um, you know, so maybe they can, if they, because that's a big part. Yeah, you're there to party. You're there to just have fun, hang out with your buddies. But, you know, if the music is kind of a downer, you know, that does kind of suck a little bit. So you got to hope at least, you know, they keep Zach Brown Band. They'll be great tonight for them. Yep. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, it would be cool to have some real good music, too. Keep it going. Oh, by the way, Jared will find this to be a little surprise. But I actually, I was, I was hoping to possibly surprise him and his buddies on uh, Friday, okay? I had actually earlier in the week sent an email to uh, the Faster Horses Festival. They had a, you know, contact us spot, and I kind of put in a word about the daily passes. I said, somewhere down the line, can you do daily passes? Then I also told him, hey, we've been talking a lot about Faster Horses here uh, on our podcast, and, you know, I said, I talk about it on our radio show. I said, what's the process for getting media passes? And I was I had my fingers crossed they might might respond and I might have been able to sneak down there on a media credential. But if we can do that down the road, what do you think about changing up your summer schedule and coming on up? Oh, I would be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would, yeah, I'd be there right away, especially on a media credential and you For know sure. not having to pay, just get in, act like we're you know covering the event or whatever. Right? Uh, yeah, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Heck, heck yeah, we can actually even do a, a podcast recording right from the campsite. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like did they so they didn't reply. Not yet. I'll, I'm sure they will. I hope they will because you know I, I went through the proper channels on their on their website, but I'm sure they've probably been just bombarded with stuff. I was, was going to say maybe you know if, if you would have sent the email a month before the event or something oh, like exactly. that, it'd be different. But yeah, yeah you got to. I'd be curious. There's got to be some. They got to give out media credentials for the local news, local radio people, and stuff. You would think. Absolutely. So maybe next year that is that will be our way in. You know, we were talking about all the boys there uh, from Corona at the festival, but the Corona Connection, CoronaConnection.com knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on all that is Corona at CoronaConnection.com. Also, Advanced Elevator Company, run by a bunch of Corona Cavaliers. They feature the top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators, an area business leader and longtime supporter of the Corona Public Schools. That's Advanced Elevator Company. All right, well, we're just going to jump right into different topics. We usually talk before we go on the air and rehearse a little bit about what we might get into, but, uh, you know, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon, and uh, the British Open, or as some people call it, the Open, uh, just finished up, and it was uh, Irishman Shane Lowry 
winning the British Open, and that was pretty cool to see. I don't know if you caught the end of it before we started recording, but uh, man, it it was it was neat because he was he's a local, but no drama. You know, he just ran away with the field. I was gonna say, yeah, the the whole local thing is is cool, especially for that tournament. You know, it's like the U.S. Open. If uh, you know, especially if it's kind of an an underdog American wins the U.S. Open, you know, it is cool, uh, but. Yeah, he ran away with it. it, like to the point where, you know, it's it's a major championship, so Sundays are always cool, you know, to watch someone win. But to the point where, like, you, if, if he was going to lose, he was going to have to have, like, the most epic meltdown possible because, like, he was so far ahead. So, you know, they, you knew he was going to win going into it, but it still made it fun because it's the Open. I don't know about you, but, um, you know, obviously we, I think we talked about when the Masters was around that that's probably, like, the top – you know, bucket list type thing for mm-hmm. a golf tournament to go to. But I might have said this at the time that the Open would be one that I'd love to go to. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a golf junkie. I, I do really enjoy golf, but to go over there where you know, like golf was invented, as they say, and everything, and you know, go to those courses have drinks at those pubs with the locals and stuff that'd be really cool yeah well this one i'm sure the people that went over there are having a grand old time with an irishman winning the tournament there might be a few rounds passed around here later tonight huh oh yeah i would think so kind of like jared passing around the fireball while we're recording (laughs) oh that, that was awesome that was an awesome moment for sure um you know, we're going to have some entertainment tonight coming up in this podcast as well. Probably not be as long as some of our other podcasts, but uh, today also is Major League Baseball Hall of Fame Day. And, you know, Mariano Rivera, uh, the only player ever elected unanimously, finished with 652 saves, obviously the top closer of all time. Was it a bit of a surprise? We didn't talk about it before, but a bit of surprise that anybody could get in unanimously? I remember when when it came out that he was voted unanimously like into the Hall of Fame first ever. I like it kind of like blew me away a little bit. Yeah, I, he obviously deserves it. He's the greatest closer ever, and like one of the greatest pitchers ever. Not just closer, you know. He one hundred percent deserves it. But the fact that he was the first was like, how did some of these other do? How did Willie Mays? How did Hank Aaron? How did? Ted Williams. How did some of these other guys oh, yeah. not, not get in unanimously, you know? Uh, apparently, you know, there's been a lot of cranky uh, sports writers, but maybe they've mellowed out just a little bit. That's all I can figure out. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a, I mean, maybe it's better that we're having this discussion without Jared because he'd be tuning out talking about the Baseball Hall of Fame. But that's I, that's my biggest issue with the, the Baseball Hall of Fame is that it's the writers voting. Yeah. Because, you know, even though there's, you know, there's not supposed to be personal feelings coming in. You're supposed to be just voting on the player's career. You know that there are personal feelings coming in, especially with guys like Barry Bonds, oh, for sure. Mark McGuire. And then, right, maybe there were some writers who didn't have the best relationship with a guy like Ted Williams, you know, whoever, so they're not going to vote him in that first time, which is ridiculous because some of these guys, they're the best players ever, and they – they didn't get in unanimously. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, this year's class, pretty solid with Mike Messina making it, Lee Smith, another closer, Roy Halladay, uh, who I, I think he tragically passed away. And Was it a plane crash, I think? 
Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, terrible deal there. And a couple of DHs, Edgar Martinez, probably the best DH of all time. And Harold Baines, a little bit of a surprise on the Veterans Committee, but uh, he made it to the Hall of Fame. And it's always one of those events I, I always looked forward to when I was younger. I still enjoy all the, the background stuff. You know, I don't know if I could ever sit there at Cooperstown for, for one of these affairs because it would be so god-awful hot, just like faster horses. But uh, maybe to see my favorite tiger, that would be kind of cool. And have you ever been to Cooperstown, by the way? I, I'm i pretty sure, like, when I was a young kid, mm-hmm. I think we went. I'm pretty sure, like, when I was a kid, we went there, and then we went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I, I, not any time that I actually remember, though. Um, but I, I need to go back because... It, it is really cool to see. Yeah, Jared would laugh about this too, but I went once to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Cooperstown, the village, is is just something but something else. I mean, it's it's a throwback village. It's all baseball-oriented. You go into the restaurants there on Main Street, you know, every menu item is related to baseball. You know, souvenirs like crazy you can pick up. Not all that expensive. And then the Hall of Fame itself, when you go into it, if you're, if you're a lifelong baseball fan like I am, and you're obviously a baseball fan when you go in there and you and you do it up right at the museum they start you off on the first floor you know and you have a designated way to walk through the hall and they start you off in this little auditorium where they play uh this video and it shows these kids playing sandlot baseball you know and man i I gotta tell you before i even started walking through the thing i started to get tears in my eyes going i can't believe i'm at the baseball hall of fame and then they're showing this tearjerker type of film but it gets you baseball is one of those sports and it may be the top sport for passionate sports fans you know what i mean no yeah i I definitely agree with that and that's why movies like feel the dreams or whatever that's why those you know hit hit home or whatever you want to say because yeah especially when you grow up you know, you, you played as a kid all the time with your buddies. You talked about that, played baseball and all that your whole life. So, you know, you got that connection with the game. And then especially if you watch the, the pros, you know, you right. I mean, man, you know, you yeah, you get a connection with those players. So, I mean, these are some of the greatest baseball players of all time. Or they, they are the greatest baseball players of all time. So getting to see their jerseys, you know, and, yeah, seeing the films and stuff like that. It is pretty cool. Yeah, and remember, I was the Benny of our Sandlot gang, too. Don't ever forget that. Teddy, the Jet Fatale. (laughs) That's right. Uh, You know, and also one final thing on the Hall of Fame. I mean, when you go through that museum, I mean, you've probably been to Washington and the Smithsonian's. This museum holds up to any museum I've ever been to. The way they have it laid out, the way they put out the memorabilia. It's just, uh, if you are a baseball fan and have never made the pilgrimage, to Cooperstown, New York. Highly, highly recommend it for sure. Uh, Now, I'm not too sure how many of the current Detroit Tigers (laughs) will make it to the Hall of Fame. I guess Miguel Cabrera is pretty much a shoe-in, right? Yeah, I mean, he should be a first ballot, but, you know, who knows? There might be some some of those writers with some bad feelings towards him, but, yeah, he should be. I mean, he's, you know. He'll be a Hall of Famer. I mean. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, and, you know, he's won a couple MVPs, triple crowns, so, yeah, he should be first ballot. Yeah, anyone else? Um, yeah, I'm not sure, because what, what did I see uh, right before we started recording? In the last 40 games, the Tigers are 7-33. and 33. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they'll even win more than 10. 10 to a dozen games in August and September. So, I mean, it's it's they're going for the rebuild for sure. And uh, this team this year is worse than I really thought coming out of spring training. I knew they were going to be a team that was going to lose anywhere from 95 to 100 games, but yeah. there, there's just there's absolutely nothing 
on that team right now. I mean, there's no real excitement, nothing to look forward to. As much as I like baseball and love my Tigers, this is a brutal year, man. Yeah, they're bad. And, I mean, yeah, they're definitely obviously in rebuild mode. And, you know, you, you've got a couple of the veterans that, like we just mentioned, Cabrera and, like, Cassianos. He was the kid that was supposed to come up and maybe be one of the cornerstones, you know, going forward. And he's just playing all right this year. So, you know, some of the young kids haven't really developed the way that you hope. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to have to it, – Right now, looking at it, it seems like the rebuild is still like a good few years away to when they actually become a contender again. Because right, I mean they're they're not really showing much of anything. Like they don't have those young kids that are like showing promise. They just need more reps. You know, sometimes right. you see that. But well, um, the last I time guess, the last time they did it, uh, you know, they had a pretty good young core, and then they brought in Pudge Rodriguez and got some legitimacy, and. That rebuild didn't take as long as a lot of people thought. This one could take longer, and I hope not. I hope it's more like the Houston Astros when they turned their franchise around. Remember how bad they were, and they were going through the same thing, clearance sale on everybody and, and starting from the beginning and building up in the farm system. And now you've got the Houston Astros where you know they made a solid, uh, solid decision to build the farm system and then bring in free agents like Verlander and others. Uh, that might be the blueprint that the Tigers and Vila need to look at. Yeah, because, I mean, that's that's what the Tigers, obviously, they were coming off uh, some of the worst seasons ever in Major League Baseball history yeah. in the early 2000s. And, yeah, they, they signed Pudge and uh, Maglio Ordonez. Those were kind of like the two, whatever, veteran guys to come in and with the kids. And, you know, they had, they had like, Verlander and some other young, young arms coming through the farm system. So, hopefully... The Tigers have drafted some some pitchers the last few years that are in the minors right now. So hopefully some of those guys keep developing. I'm not sure. I mean, Cabrera, because of his contract, he's going to be there for for a little while longer. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to bring in a couple other vets, you know, towards the end of their career to help the young kids. But they just they need some of these guys coming. It seems like for a while they haven't had guys come through the farm system like you just talked about with the Astros that just turn into all-stars right like Cassianos was kind of supposed to be that one and he just hasn't really like taken off so they need they need something to happen well Tigers are 29 and 64 as we record this almost 30 games out of first place and we're not even out of July so I think the current rumor I saw is Cassianos might end up a Chicago Cub. That was the latest rumor I saw today, so stay tuned. Boy, I'll tell you what, without Jared here, it's the longest we've talked about in baseball in a long time. Right. Hopefully we still have somebody tuned in to us. He probably, <laughs> if, if he was on, he'd probably be ripping shots also while we're talking baseball. No doubt. Uh, we'll have a little bit more sports talk here. We'll have Tedertainment tonight coming up here also, a shortened version of that. But are you a business and looking for the most bang for your buck in your credit card service? Card Service Michigan offers the best credit card setup and equipment for both new and existing merchants, guaranteed to save you money. for details or contact us here at Three Point Pod for further information. And, you know, we all need a pub to chill out at and relax. Well, our favorite pub is Rivals, Rivals Tap House and Grill, our official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Every Thursday's bike night at Rivals with specials all evening long. Come on out to Rivals for a great cornhole tournament on July 27th. Help TJ beat Ewing's sarcoma, a rare bone cancer. All kinds of great raffle items, including a pair of kayaks. The bags will fly at high noon. Awesome food and drink. Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. 
Well, a little more sports I want to get into here, Matt. Uh, you know, Big Ten meetings take have taken place in Chicago. Jim Harbaugh, again, kind of uh, in the news, stirring it up a little bit, was a comment about his former adversary. I guess you could call him an adversary. He never could beat him, Urban Meyer. Right. And uh, also the Wolverines talking maybe a future game outside the U.S. And also, interesting that I heard some talk from Harbaugh about maybe rotating quarterbacks a little bit more this season. Some of your thoughts being a, a Wolverine fan. Yeah, I mean, media days is always funny. Obviously, we, uh, you know, at ESPN, we cover the media days. It's a big deal because, I mean, right now, there's this is what there is for college football in mid-July, the media days. You know, you're getting geared up for the season. So I have to, like, here at where I'm at in Charlotte, the ACC and SEC media days. I mean, I watched basically all of the SEC and some of the ACC media days. So I don't know. Like, sometimes I think people make he- – like, they try and force these headlines. Like, the stuff that Harbaugh was saying, you know, if he was saying it during the season or when football's actually happening, would it have been headline news? Uh, maybe. I don't know. But, like, the thing he said about Meyer, you know, he just said, like, a ton of wins – but controversy always follows him, and it's that thing that I mean, he's, it's true. Yeah, there was nothing he said there that wasn't a fact. Right, he, he, he's being honest, but when you you haven't beaten Urban Meyer, you know, your own four against him, it does maybe look like sour grapes Yeah, a it's a bad bit. look. I get that. It's a bad look, just it is. Side that's like, he, he was just being honest. What do you want him to say? That's true. That is very true. And what do, you, what do you think they're leading up to for a game outside the U.S.? Are they talking Canada? Are they talking Mexico? Or are they talking uh, maybe Europe? I saw something today that said Mexico was a good option, but then, yeah, somewhere over in Europe, you know, they've been taking these trips for the last few years uh, in the offseason, like team-building trips going uh, overseas and you know I don't know I, I think this stuff is awesome obviously I think because it's Michigan because it's Harbaugh everything gets criticized uh, you know and people say like until they start winning championships why does any of this stuff matter and there's a side to me that's like there you know yes yeah for sure when it comes down to it, it you have to win championships you know if you're making the money that Harbaugh is eventually you got to start winning the Big Ten and then hopefully eventually win a couple national championships too or at least be there but there is a bigger picture involved and you know if you think about it like Michigan is giving these guys on the football team and the staff and all the people who get to go experiences of a lifetime and you know this is stuff that I mean we just talked to Jared making these memories at Faster Horses these all these football players that have had a, got, got to do these trips they're going to be talking about this stuff for the rest of their life, you know. So if they get to go play a game in Europe, Ireland, you know, or even in Mexico, Mexico City or something like that, you know, I, I'm all for it. I think it's awesome. If they can, if, you know, the NCAA approves it or whatever, so be it. Yeah. And then also uh, I want to give Michigan State a little bit of airtime here. But before we do, the rotating quarterback thing, do you think that's just a matter of McCaffrey, if he's, if he's healthy, you know, Harbaugh might, might mix him in a little bit more, you know, sort of with the wildcat look, uh, you know, to mix things up with Patterson? Or do you think he's truly thinking he might rotate him in, in our, uh, a lot more than that? I mean, honestly, I, I wonder, and I've read a few things, but just like talking to some friends or, you know, whatever, I, I think McCaffrey is like, He's forcing them to do this, that wow. he is really impressing the coaches. And at practice, you know, Shea Patterson obviously is a starter, but McCaffrey, it sounds like he's just, like, killing it at practice to the point where they're like, we can't keep this kid off the field. You know, like, he's doing so well. Yeah, Shea is probably the starter, but we can't keep McCaffrey on the bench. He's that good. And we saw, it, you know, he got oh, yeah. a little garbage time last year, and every time he came in last Electric. year, he, you could see he's got the talent. He just, you know... 
needed to put a little weight on maybe and you know get a little more experience but i think it's more mccaffrey forcing their hand and that is a that is a really good thing for the boys in blue for sure now just down the road in east lansing you know they always typically it's pretty low key over there under coach mark d'antonio but uh, from what i am picking up on in the different reports i read and hear um very confidence kind of a quiet confidence which you know coming off the year they had last year this spartan team could be dangerous I think most of it hinges on the play of Lewerke and their quarterbacks, right? Yeah, I mean, especially their offense. He was terrible last year, and he did have injury issues. So, you know, a lot of people criticized Antonio for playing him maybe a little longer than he should have because of the injuries. But, um, you know, he wasn't very good last year. But he, he was, two years ago, Lewerke was really good. So if he comes back, bounces back, and is healthy, I think their offense will be, you know, fine. The biggest thing is that that defense is going to be legit. And it oh, seems yeah. like ever since – Antonio has been in East Lansing. They've always had a good defense, and they've got some guys coming back, uh, Kenny Willekes and Bocce. Joe Bocce, that are just going to be beasts. I mean, they're going to be all Big Ten. They're going to be good. So, yeah, Michigan State's defense is going to be no joke, so it, it will just be if the offense can keep up. Yeah, and, and they'll definitely be tough on the D for sure, and that could that could prove to be quite a matchup when the Wolverines and Spartans uh, battle. I think they play in November this year, don't they? Yeah, it's a little later this year, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens, what shakes down in college football, which is right around the corner. You know, we talked about it a little bit last week, Matt, that, you know, there's always usually a little lull in the summertime, but we really haven't had much of one. No, I mean, I, we've we've been able to keep up. You know, we've tossed around some, some topics or whatever, some subjects that we could uh, talk about on the podcast during these dog days of summer, and we haven't gotten to them because we've had stuff to talk about, and... Yeah, I don't know if it's just because we're, like, stretching everything out more. <laughs> that could be. But, That's part of it. Well. Hey, I'm all set. I'm all right with the NBA season going a little bit longer, you know, and, and then the football season starting a little earlier, and then we're all set to go. I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's crazy that uh, we're already towards the end of July. I mean, we're almost into August. High school football starts, what, a right. couple weeks into August, and yeah. then, yeah, college football's right around the corner, too, so... It's crazy how fast it comes up. Oh, yeah, and some NFL training camps have opened. That must mean that Hard Knocks is right around the corner. Hard Knocks is right around the corner, and I don't watch it, but I know Jared's talked about it a lot, that Last Chance Last you Chance you, yeah. Is out, is out on Netflix, so I know I've, I've seen people talk about it, that it's great. So, yeah, football's back, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to have a little entertainment tonight coming up here next, but uh, – Everybody loves bargain hunting at an auction, right? Well, go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions. The July consignment sale ends July 23rd at 7. A storage unit sale with a moped, furniture, and a lot of stuff. That ends July 30th. Tractor lovers, you'll love the antique tractor auction coming up and ending on July 31st. Give our good friend Troy Crow a call at 989-720-SELL. For other details, or hit them up online. Also, for any industrial field service projects, contact the great folks at Promec Engineering. For any industrial field service project you might have, Promec specializes in turnkey installations and startups. More details online at pro-mech.com. All right, Matt, kind of a shortened version of Tedertainment tonight, but I want to start, I kind of led into it at the beginning of the program, uh, the moon and our, our quest to put a man on the moon back in, in the 60s. Uh, a really good three-part series on PBS 
uh, the American Experience uh, production called Chasing the Moon. It kind of it gives you the early background on how they put the whole team together, you know, to do the engineering, to do the research, to try and keep up with the Russians who took an early lead in the space chase. And, uh, you know, it all cul culminated 50 years ago, almost exactly to the day as we record this, where uh, Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon, followed by Buzz Aldrin, you know, Michael Collins, unsung hero, keeping that spacecraft circling the moon and then uh, making connections with the guys that went down. But, you know, for a guy like you, a younger guy, 34 years old, you know, you weren't around when, when this all happened, but does it does it boggle your mind at all that we actually did that all the way back in 1969 and really haven't made a return trip yet? Yeah, it's crazy that, you know what, so yeah, 50 years ago, yep. um, you know, they were able to accomplish that, and then... It has, you would almost think 50 years, it'd almost be like, I don't know what the word, like mainstream. You know, like we'd be able to just like, like all the, you know, taking a flight across the country is almost just as normal as driving a car down the street anymore. You would almost think that flying up to the moon would almost be the same thing. Oh, you'd think but, some millionaire would have like a, a resort bubble hotel already built up there and, you know, rich people would be able to uh, jet on up to the moon for a little, you know, week or two vacation. Right, yeah. I, I know there's, you know, people have talked about that, that eventually being like commercial flights or whatever up to the moon, but obviously it's not as easy as it sounds, you know. <laughs> like it, no. It's not as easy as just like, yeah, hop on a space shuttle, go to, go to the moon. You know, but it is cool to, you know, hear you, you have the experience of sitting in front of the TV, probably one of those old box TVs that was sitting on the floor uh, watching that happen. Like, that, that is, that's a cool experience. Yeah, it's old. I'm old. But it was color TV we had in our household at the time, but it was okay. a box TV for sure. And, you know, myself along with 600 million other viewers, think about that in today's day and age of television. You, you work in the industry. Can you imagine 600 million viewers? to a television program that's unbelievable i mean that hey, there's nothing like that i mean even like i don't know if you want to say election coverage you know nothing, yeah. there's nothing like that anymore and just I, you know there's the whole side of you know social media internet that obviously changes everything so then you know when there's one event going on and the only way to see it is sitting in front of your tv that's, I mean, almost literally, that's what the whole world was doing at that time. That's pretty crazy to think about. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, and you think about, you know, today's day and age with uh, computers and everybody having access to a, a computer if they have a smartphone, which most everybody has. Think about the technology nowadays compared to what it was like in 1969. I mean, we had the, the wherewithal to send people all the way up to the moon and come back and survive multiple times because, you know, it's 50 years we're celebrating the, the first moon mission, but we did it a few times after that as well. There was other people walked on the moon. It's just an astounding event that's, yeah. that's one of the biggest of all time, without a doubt. Yeah. So was it one of those things? I mean, I, I just know I, I've always been fascinated with, with space and, mm -hmm. you know, space travel and all that stuff. Like, as a kid... How old were you? So how old were you when that happened? I was uh, 13 when that happened. But, man, I can remember when John Glenn uh, was the first astronaut to, to orbit the world, right? I mean, yeah. Russia sent up the first astronaut up into space and then back down to Earth to survive. But John Glenn was the first to uh, circle the Earth. A great movie if you ever want to see about the early astronauts. I'm sure you probably have seen it somewhere along the line, The Right Stuff. 
Oh, I've definitely heard of it, yeah. If you haven't seen it, it really uh, does a great job of painting the picture of the, the initial seven astronauts that were elected to join the Mercury program to be the first astronauts to, to fly in space for the United States. Very good movie. Ed Harris played John Glenn, looked just like him. The other characters, dead on. Uh, but uh, it's just amazing what the United States did in the 60s to, to develop that. Of course, John Kennedy was the president that said, hey, we're going to go to the moon before the end of this decade, and by God, they did. I mean, it was just yeah. incredible. And, of course, a lot of that was the paranoia <laughs> with the Russians, which, ironically enough, we still have a little bit of that today. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's, that, that's also crazy that some of that stuff hasn't been ironed out, I guess. But, you know, I just I wonder, like, you know, certain things happen and people want – you know, talking about what they want to do, you know, I want to be a fireman or I want to be a baseball player or whatever. So, like, after that, did everyone, like, especially being a 13-year-old, everyone at school, did everyone want to be uh, an astronaut? Oh, you know, after yeah. That oh, there was a lot of there was a lot of that. I'm not sure at that point how many were saying we want to be an astronaut, but I'm sure there was some. It seems to me though it was even when we were younger, like I was leading into with John Glenn and and the other astronauts. It was a big deal at school. Uh, you know, when we were in school, they'd bring in the big black and white TV that sat on the high stand. You know, yeah, and yeah, during yeah. classes when they would have a launching from back in those days, Cape Canaveral, which changed to Cape Kennedy and for some reason changed back to Cape Canaveral but when they had space launchings you know they'd bring the TV right in the room and we'd spend the the, the day watching uh, the the broadcast usually Walter Cronkite giving the play-by-play it, it was quite fascinating it really was and then you know in those days when I was younger than 13 lots and lots of kids were, on Halloween were astronauts yeah for sure yeah, uh, it's definitely cool. Fascinating topic. Also, in entertainment world, as I said, we'll keep it kind of short. I watched a, a cool movie yesterday I can't believe I had never seen before. It's a Martin Scorsese-directed movie from 1973. And, of course, Scorsese, you know, he did Casino and Goodfellas, one of the top directors of all time. And he had his go-to actors he always pulled into the fold, like uh, Robert De Niro and Harvey Keitel. Well, this one featured both Keitel and De Niro. As, as kind of, you know, uh, low-life kind of street guys, you know, tied in with the mob a little bit. De Niro uh, was borrowing money from a variety of different card sharks, so it had that intrigue of the mafia. Uh, 1973 production, a little outdated, but it kind of gave you a feel for what uh, what that life was like like that in New York City at that time, and great performances by both De Niro and Keitel especially. I can't believe... You know, look how long it's been, almost 50 years, and I never saw that movie. And I always wanted to, and just I saw it was on Netflix. I thought, let's check this out. It was it was very well done. Yeah, kind of like what you said, Andy. Uh, Scorsese, anything he does, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you get a chance and you've never seen Mean Streets, you know, watch it for what it is. A film made in 1973, really the start of Scorsese's uh, career, and, and you kind of get the whole way that he put his future films together. Very well done. I'll talk next week. I'll give a full report and uh, concert review of Queen, which I'm going to be seeing next Saturday night. And uh, before we wrap up this segment of the podcast, I want to get into something a little deep. I think you and I can, can at least have a, a, a good conversation about it, uh, you know, and let's handle this, I guess, as straight up as we can. But one of your colleagues, Dan Lebetard, Matt, mm -hmm. I, uh, I watched his rant on the whole send her home thing, yeah. and, and his whole thing 
was dead on. And I know there's been some in-company discussions about keeping politics out of the news, but uh, if you can't have compassion out of seeing what Lebertard put out there, I mean, it, it, it was dead on. I don't know what your thoughts are. Uh, I, I mean, I definitely think it was dead on, too. I'm, I, Lebertard's one of my favorite uh, he probably is my favorite radio host. He's just—he's great. Um, but yeah, his his insight, I guess, on that whole situation was, yeah, in my opinion, and it sounds like yours too, was spot on. Because, you know, when it comes down to it, ESPN is a sports network. But you've been watching sports your whole life, and longer—you've been around longer than me, so you saw stuff in those '60s and '70s. And sports has always crossed over into politics. Like I don't understand. I can understand why people want that escape from real life politics, you know, all that kind of stuff when they go watch Sports Center or a baseball game, a basketball game. I get that. You know, usually you go to a movie to get away from stuff. You go to a baseball game to get away from stuff. Sports has always crossed over into politics, though, because people will use their platform to make a statement. And, you know, it's a shame. I mean, the, the probably the most recent one is the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. Oh, yeah. no how doubt. He's been blackballed out of the NFL, and it's like all he did was take a knee during the national anthem to try and make a statement. And well, it all goes back. Interesting topic. Yeah, it is an interesting topic, you know, and, and, and again, we always have to be careful, don't we? It's it's too bad we always have to be politically correct, you know. And I don't want I don't want our our friends on the other side of the aisle that that might lean different than than I do, or maybe you to think that we're doing this to pick on people. But let's face it, this country, we still, after all these years, have a lot of growing up to do when it comes to racial equality. And you bring it up, the part of sports. I mean, you go back to the 1968 Olympics and, you know, the, the sprinters, you know, raising their fist in the air to to, to show that they want equality, and, and they got blackballed from the sport. Muhammad Ali, he, he didn't want to go to the war and fight the Viet Cong. He said, I ain't got no quarrels with the Viet Cong, uh, you know, and he, he paid the price for that. He was brave enough to stand up, uh, you know, and like you said, Ka- Kaepernick, Jim Brown, all the others. It's just too bad that this country is so divided uh, along the racial lines that it, it's just something's got to change. And I think I think the time has come that the more people speak up about it, maybe that's how change can come about. I mean, you brought up our generation. It was it was probably a little bit before my generation, but the, the protesters back in the 60s, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of people that can't stand the hippies from those days, but they ended the war in Vietnam. The pressure was put on the politicians. They had to get out of there. You know, I have the utmost respect for all the people that fought in Vietnam, fought for this country. No diss whatsoever. They are brave Americans, but our political leaders are the one that put us in that position. What did we gain out of going to Vietnam? Absolutely zero. You know, it was all a paranoia, fear, fear of China taking over. You know, and I think that's the biggest problem we have in this country. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you guys got to figure out how to work together, how to treat people fairly and equally, and and let's let's make this country like the sayings out there. Make this country great again, because right now I don't think I have ever seen this country as divided as it is right now. Yeah, and I mean, in my 34 years, I don't know. At least this is the most I've ever paid attention to politics and stuff like that yeah it seems like it's the most divided that i've ever experienced so 
you know, and I, I just always, I, you know, like you said, it, you know, people have their different opinions, and, right? You know, they their different stances, but I just always try and live by like I try I try not to judge anyone because I'm not walking in their shoes. So you know, other people's experiences. I may not have had those experiences, so I'm not going to try and pass judgment on that. So, you know, and I always think, too, like, it's funny to me to see the whole, like, send her back and, you know, that all those kind of things when wasn't our country founded on immigrants? Like, at some point, unless unless you're a Native American and, you know, your family literally came from the indigenous people of this country, Native Americans, at some point your family immigrated to this country. So... That's what this country was founded on, and that's what makes this country great. One thing, like to bring sports into it, that I always think is so interesting, and I've, I've never—I'm sure people talk about it, but I've, I've talked with some friends about it. When you watch the Olympics, which is like, you know, one of the most patriotic sports events that there is, it is very interesting to see the different countries competing against each other. Most of, you know, China, Korea, Japan. Mexico, you know, all the countries, for the most part, you know, kind of look the same or whatever, you know, as far as the diversity, you know, for the most part, just going off the looks and everything, they look the same. But when you look at America, way more diverse. And like, personally, I think that is awesome. And, you know, I think that's something that this country should thrive on. So, you know, hearing the whole send her back and some of the other stuff that's going on right now, I, I think it's a shame. Yeah, and, you know, I, I agree with you. Very well put there, Matt. And, you know, Dan Lebetard, I give him high credit for speaking up. And it hit, it hit home for him. Obviously, you know, his parents came over. Was it from Cuba, or is that where he's, his background is? Yep. Okay, so he can't, he can't, they came over. They've made it here in the United States. That's what this country has been all about. I, I took offense to it because my grandfather, he escaped— uh, the genocide by the Turks back in the early part of the century made his way to South America and then made his way up here to the Michigan area. I mean, if it wasn't for our country opening their arms up to the immigrant like my grandfather, I wouldn't be here now either. So we always have to go back to how w- did this country become what it is, and, and we've lost a little bit of that, and hopefully we can get it back. I mean, I've always said, too, you, you set it up perfectly. I mean, it's the golden rule, right? I mean, do unto others that you'd like to have done unto yourself. I mean, it's that simple. Yep. You know, just treat people with respect, and, and you'll get respect. And I hope our politicians in Washington, on both sides of the aisle again, I'm going to say it, you got to work together, cooperate, and, and let's let's get things done, just like we do here on Three Point Podcast. Exactly. We we might not always agree on uh, <laughs> whatever sports topic we're talking about, but we can we can always figure it out. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Uh, just ending up entertainment tonight. Uh, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood. I think it's a week away from from breaking Tarantino. It's about the Manson story, the Charles Manson thing. Brad Pitt, DiCaprio, Margot. Oh my! I'm looking forward to that one. I'll be going to the theater for that one. I was going to say, I think that's uh, that's one you've talked about. You know, we've all talked about movies that are worth going to the theater or waiting for HBO, Redbox, whatever. I think that's one that's probably worth going to the theater for because, I mean, that those names, Tarantino, DiCaprio. Pitt, Robbie, that's all you need to know right there. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm also looking forward to Queen next week. I'll give you the full recap on the Queen concert. I think they're calling it the Rhapsody Tour, so I'm think 
thinking they're probably going to focus a lot on uh, a night at the opera and the movie and all that. So it should be a, should be a good show. Is that at DTE? Yeah, it's no, it's at uh, Little Caesars. Oh, nice. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that concerts there are really good. It seems like people like going to concerts there. Have you been there for a show yet? Yep, yep. We saw Paul McCartney there. That's the only show I've been to there, and uh, it was outstanding. The sound quality is great. Uh, the seats that we had were good, and we're going to be in the same vicinity. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, the only thing I'm, I'm not looking forward to, I hear there's a lot of different stuff going on in town Saturday night. I've already had a couple flashes on parking could be at a premium, so I've uh-huh. got I've got to figure that all out, but uh, we'll, we'll make it. Yeah. All right. Well, unless you got, do you have anything else you want to wrap up with, Matt? No. I was one thing I was just going to throw out during Entertainment was uh, the Lion King came out, and I know. Oh yeah. Obviously, it's a, a big deal for Disney and everything like that. I, I think the whole live action remakes, all they're doing, I think it's cool. You know, especially because I was a kid growing up when a lot of these movies came out. So you know, now that I'm older and have a young daughter, it is kind of cool to see. But the the Lion King. I looked it up before we started recording. It's, it has a 54% right now on Rotten Tomatoes, and I know hmm. um, some you know critics or whatever have kind of knocked it a little bit. It seems like it's kind of like down the middle. Some people love it, some people hate it. So I, I am curious to see it, though. Yeah, you can't always go by Rotten Tomatoes for sure, but I think it would be a good flick. I really do. If you like the, the, the original animated version, I would think this is probably pretty good. You know, it still has... Uh, famous voices i think seth rogan's one of the voices in this and uh, james earl jones comes back i mean i got a feeling it's a pretty good movie yeah I'm- it's probably more yeah if you, if you like the original you'll probably like this one and i think it's one of those things too like people just they want to criticize it because people hated aladdin or or the people at least that criticize aladdin they didn't like that they switched a few things up you know they had a, a couple new characters a couple mm-hmm. new like scenes or whatever music i guess in this one, some some people are hating on it because this is a pretty close, like, shot-for-shot remake of the first one. Right. Um, so then people are criticizing that, saying it's basically the same movie. So hmm. it's like, now people are just going to, they're always going to find something to complain about, I guess. Can't win, for sure. How did Aladdin work with the uh, the box office, do you know? I mean, I think it did well. I guess I don't know the exact numbers, but I know it did pretty well. I know I think Lion King is already beating it yeah. as far as, like, the first weekend. Nice. Um, nice. I, I, People just, I, it seemed like people did not like the whole Will Smith thing as Genie and other stuff. So, right. and Lion King, I mean, Lion King, I think, is like like the Disney movie almost, it seems like. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, um, geez, I just lost the thought I was thinking about, but I, I will before I do the sign off here. I can just envision Jared right now down there at Faster Horses. <laughs> he's got his, he's got his uh, cowboy boots on or his shit kicking boots. He's got, uh, he's got jorts. He has a cut-off flannel shirt and probably rocking a cowboy hat. I don't know how close I am, but I, that's what I envision. That's got to be pretty close. And, you know, what are we, day four? They got their yeah. day. So, I mean, <laughs> clothes, clothes can't be clean. They can't smell good. Oh. Uh, not properly, well, not properly, like, water hydrated. They're properly hydrated for what they're trying to accomplish. Without a doubt. Uh, 
So, yeah, I don't know. It, it sounds awesome. That's a, that's a great time for them. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, let's call it a pod for now. Subscribe, rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and others. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at 3 Point Pod. We love to get your tweets at us. If you have questions, comments, or anything, hit us up there at 3 Point Pod. Support our 3 Point Podcast partners, including Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, and ProMech Engine. Engineering. Also, be sure to check out our friends at Sports Radio Detroit for their great program, including Three Point Podcast. This has been a Three Point Podcast production, courtesy of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Three Point Podcast. Sorry.